You're listening to the Brand Builders Podcast with your hosts, Scott Dunstan and Brian Young. Welcome to another episode of the award-winning Brand Builders Podcast powered by the Dunstan Group. My name is Brian Young, and we are here with the president of the Dunstan Group, Scott Dunstan. And we are here with uh, Carolina Farm Trust, uh, Zach Wyatt and Tia Wackerhagen, uh, in an amazing organization that has started here uh, in the Charlotte area to really support the community. But let's talk a little bit about that. So as our metropolitan area grows, you know, they gobble up the farmland uh, that used to feed them. Now, our next guests are trying to keep the food you eat local by supporting the agriculture that can keep farmers growing when cities expand. You know, as a, a father with a young child, it's really important to get great produce, great food. And I'm excited to hear how we can eat more local, support local farmers, but ultimately, how does that position us for the future uh, when more and more people are coming into the city, more and more people are, are, are eating the food that's available? And and we had mentioned this a couple of days ago. What happens when there's a water scarcity? What happens when when there's issues there? And so this is a really, really kind of tech heavy opportunity to support local farmers. We're so excited to learn what the Carolina Farm Trust is all about, all about, excuse me, and welcome Zach and Tia to the Brand Butters Podcast. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having us. Thank you, Zach. Thank you, Tia. Another great intro, Brian. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Pardon the pun, but this is, man, this is a lot to bite off and chew. Yeah, it's, it's hard. <laughs> um, where do imagine you in the development of a fundraising yeah. meeting. I was hoping for a food pun. <laughs> <laughs> where do you begin with this and, and tell us about Carolina Farm Trust? So uh, really our ultimate goal is to rebuild our regional food system from production to consumption. Uh, you know, really kind of the last four and a half years of, of really uh, building Carolina Farm Trust out, uh, it was very clear to me that you, we just can't play in one section of it because uh, you have to really look at the entire ecosystem because it doesn't really truly exist uh, and then build build it really ground up. Um, you know, so it is land access. It is uh, infrastructure and equipment and marketing for the farmers and then what about distribution and you know how do we make it easy for consumers to participate in this uh, that they're not priced out of at the very beginning um, you know so it gets complicated but it's still relatively easy at the same time it's just uh, trying to rebuild a system that in the 30s 1930 and before existed uh, and then just really just seeing just how our food system just really completely morphed really after World War II to where we're seeing it today. Now, did you grow up on a farm? Is this so? We were there? caretakers of 300 acres up in Northern Virginia. So um, you know, we weren't by any means a working farm. Uh, you know, but it was an old dairy farm. We had pigs, chickens, horses. Uh, we had a really big garden. I had work at the neighbors. You know, their cattle farm. Uh, you know, the Loudoun County is where I grew up. The whole western end was completely rural. Um, and then kind of going into high school and college uh, with the real estate boom of the early 2000s and late 90s, I just saw it change like overnight. And then moving into Charlotte in 03, you know, there's really no difference between Valentine, Charlotte, Huntersville, Cornelius, Mooresville. I mean, it's just one solid entity now. Yeah, <laughs> sure uh, is. You know, so developments, you know, farmland, I mean, it all kind of, you know, uh, blends together. I love it. And Tia, so I want to learn, you, you've worked with a lot of nonprofits, some amazing nonprofits. I want to know what attracted you to Carolina Farm Trust and what are you going to do to not only take this great organization and help them, but really position them for, for growth and position them for the future when we don't have access to yeah. local food? Yeah. So, um, yeah, I worked for several organizations, um, Charlotte Symphony Orchestra, Isabel Santos Foundation, Charlotte Art League, a few others here and there. What really attracted me to Carolina Farm Trust was something that I'm personally passionate about. Um, it wasn't until my mom um, got sick that I really started researching um, the basis of food. 
And then that really took me down a rabbit hole of access and access to food. While it might be easy for some to, you know, roll on over to Whole Foods and get some organic produce, it really truly is not that easy for a majority of the population, especially, um, you know, in a, in a lower income area where you don't have any grocery store whatsoever. So this is this was really something that was very personal to me. You know, I think taking Carolina Farm Trust to the next level is going to be the awareness factor. This is all about education. Again, it's easy for some people to roll into Whole Foods and get their food without thinking anything about it whatsoever. But, you know, as the as the classic story is is Oh, a teacher asked, you know, their students in second grade where the, you know, the meat comes from. They say this grocery store. So right there, that indicates that there is a, an education need in the in the community of which I think that that is really where the sweet spot is going to be to take Carolina Farm Trust to the next level. Because this isn't just about, you know, a low income population or a rural population or an urban population. It is a, you know, it's a human issue. We might not see it right now. You might not see it in your face at this exact moment, but there could come a time when we will. Very yeah, soon. And you don't want, let's not get to that point where it right. does hit us in the face, right? So I'm glad that you guys and, and other organizations are, are planning for the future from that aspect. Now, Zach, tell me a little bit, what made you want to start this trust? Um, I had a, a big life event, uh, you know, in, in 2014. You know, I mean, my whole dream in life was to kind of be an entrepreneur. And, you know, I had a, a partnership in, a, in a, an IT business. And as partnerships typically go, it blew up and I was on the losing end of the stick. Um, and so it was just really getting wiped out financially. And I took a big risk and I poured my heart and soul into it and really was really was on its way to doing something pretty cool uh, and just had it yanked away. Um you know, so I was kind of in a dark place and um, and I was just watching, walking through the kitchen and uh, Scott Avitt was doing a PSA around Lomax Farm, which is an incubator farm in uh, Concord. Uh, and it just stuck. Uh, and then I just started doing some more research and uh, there was a lot of podcasts uh, that were about podcasts. There was a lot of uh, TED Talks in Manhattan that year that were on YouTube and started wa watching all, all of that. Uh, and everybody was talking about all of these problems, but really no solutions. Um, you know, and that's kind of the the thing that really stuck with me is you can be made aware of this and you can watch a, a food ink, you know, type of documentary. But what are you going to do after you watch it? You know, there's really no alternative. Um, you know, and so we are spending millions and hundreds of millions on this education of how horrible this current food system is. But there's no response. There's really not an average thing people can really do, uh, um, you know, because it's very hard to buy local. You have to be very intentional on what you're doing. Um, and so I started talking to some farmers. I started making commitments I had no business making and <laughs> making promises that yes, I had no business yes, making yes, and oh. then needed a vehicle to go do it. Um, you know, so that's kind of how it got uh, born out. Um, you know, June um, of 2015 is when we got our IRS letter. Uh, and it's just been a, a fun ride. Uh, I was just kind of looking through our stuff. I mean, our first year we brought in like 15,000. I think this year we're on track to do about 275. And, awesome. um, you know, we started with no acreage and hopefully by Monday we'll have 40 acres under management, uh, 48 acres under management. So, um, I mean, things are really starting to kind of move, move forward. And I think 2020 is going to be a breakout year for us. And, and T has been a real critical uh, piece of that. Now, when you say under management, Elaborate on that just a little bit, if you will. So we don't own any land right now, but we have uh, six and a half acres under lease over in East Charlotte, 11 acres on the Union County, Mecklenburg County line, uh, and then two acres in Statesville. Um, 
So uh, we're about to sign 28 acres in Huntersville, um, which I'm just over the moon with uh, because that's just a huge chunk of land in the middle of Huntersville uh, that I know that population is going to get uh, just very excited about. Because, uh, I mean, Tia mentioned education, but in this space, it's education by doing. Sure. Um, you know, because, you know, you got to you got to touch people on this experience. And that's the whole thing. I mean, here's some statistics, you know, and statistics are just, I mean, we can all pull numbers out and skew them however we want, you know, but whatever we want to achieve, we can find numbers to achieve that goal by leaving out other numbers. Right. Um, you know, but it's that, ex- it's that experience that we're trying to kind of really create, uh, you know, through the events that we do, Carolina Jubilee, Ninth Museum, you know, just people kind of getting out, you know, onto these farms to uh, understand and getting this relationship back that, most of the public has completely lost and is not engaged at all. Um, you know, so we're trying to get as much land, in, you know, whether it's a lease, whether we, I mean, our ultimate goal is to own it, um, you know, but we got to baby step it as, uh, as we grow. So what's that Very process cool. like by getting that lease? You get so excited. What's the end goal there? Um, because I think that's exciting for an area like Huntersville that's completely, you know, just blowing up from a population standpoint to be able to get 28 acres to, mm-hmm. to basically create a farm. What is that process and like what's the dream goal there to have that acreage in that Huntersville area and how will that really support that community? So we're, we're uh, Wild Hope Farm, which is down in Chester, South Carolina, has uh, been very helpful to us. And um, their farm manager, Sean, uh, has done an initial farm plan. Um, and we're going to kind of keep, um, you know, the acreage underneath our umbrella. Um, we're going to hire, um, you know, some farm managers to activate it. Uh, and then really utilize it as a training vehicle for career paths in farming because there's really no career path at all that exists today. I mean, there's some incubator incubator programs out there, uh, but it's very challenging. You know, there's support on site, but once you leave, you know, there's really not that much. Uh, so what we're wanting to do is kind of really make Charlotte, a the Charlotte region, a global leader in food sustainability. Um, you know, so it's hiring farm managers and hiring assistant farm managers uh, as we kind of grow and our acreage expands uh, and really utilize that as actual a visual of what upward mobility looks like and what economic, economic mobility really is. Um, you know, there's a lot of passionate and capable people that want to get into this. It's just business 101 doesn't work. Uh, you know, I mean, we're basically just paying the taxes on the land and that's all we have to do. Um, so it's relatively inexpensive for us. Um, you know, but that's very rare, you know, in this for-profit arena, you know, I mean, I had someone not too long ago say, okay, well, I have a bunch of land. How much would you lease it for? I'm like the taxes. I'm like, well, I'm not going to make any money on that. Well, (laughs) yeah, sorry, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It just doesn't work that way, you know, so it's really trying to blend, you know, what social impact is, um, with, life um you know when you know when we don't really live in a capitalistic society anymore it's it's a corporate socialist environment that we, we truly live in um you know but with this acreage in huntersville of being able to bring thousands and thousands of people into something that's five minutes down the road i am really excited to see what that's going to look like what is the community reaction been obviously you have carolina jubilee which is awesome um but are you, I, I, I'm just kind of curious. I feel like this is something when you have a conversation, people are going to be like, damn, that's, that's awesome. Why hasn't somebody done that before? And I guess I'm just kind of curious as what's the, what's the community reaction been so far? Well, I, people have tried to do things before. I, I, we're not the first at all in this space, uh, you know, but I think a lot of it, what the successes that we've been able to have, 
uh, is timing. Um, I mean, there's been a lot of cool projects that were right out of the 2010s uh, that failed or, or didn't work. And, um, you know, and a lot of it's just right time. You know, people are starting to pay more attention to it. Um, you know, a lot of it is just um, the drive and willing to get punched down a little bit uh, and just say, okay, we're still going to do it. <laughs> um, and even from funders, I mean, I we've talked with funders the first couple of years and they're like, no, um, you know, or we'll change it to this and we'll do it. And then I'm like, no, uh, you know, so, you know, being around in kind of that five year, you know, for, you know, okay, he's not going away. <laughs> um, you know, and so like this coming up year, I mean, we're starting to get a little bit more traction, um, you know, from a funding and a lot to do with Tia. Um, you know, it's just, it's, it's persistence, um, you know, cause a hard thing is just for most people, they don't understand because they just go to the grocery store and they get, what's the problem? Um, you know, but it's like, okay, well, things are getting a little scary. You know, what happens if there's a geopolitical event? You know, uh, if, if the, the, an average, the grocery store has an average turn of 48 to 72 hours on normal buying power, uh, a normal buying pat- pattern before the shelves are empty. And then, as you guys know, if there's a slight event of weather, it's oh, wiped out. Yeah. Uh, so what happens if those shelves don't get replenished? Milk in particular. People you know, don't lose their minds. People freak coffee, out coffee about milk. milk. So, yeah. I mean, the biggest thing, you know, the biggest thing for me is just, was watching Katrina. Like, that was, like, the most scariest thing in my eyes of just watching a major city in the United States become a third world country in a matter of 12 hours. Because mm-hmm. um, it can get, that, I mean, we can be Venezuela overnight if there's some shifts happen um you know and it shouldn't matter what the tariffs are at the border because we can grow this stuff here you know but we have to have the infrastructure um you know so i think uh you know getting people and all you know and again it's it's as you guys with marketing it's you can't just run around saying the sky is falling because you're just going to lose people uh so it's trying to you know have that delicate dance of you know things are going to be rapidly changing over the next 50 years this is a risk management issue. We need to be working on it now um, for a lot of reasons. Um, you know, we need a very strong, robust local supply chain that's going to support a local economy. And this is what this is all about. Uh, and letting people kind of get it to their speed. Um, you know, so they interact. You know, they may kind of have some, I don't get it, you know, but that second hit, that third time, that fourth time, I, you know, I'm starting to understand, you know, so... Uh, a lot of it's just, uh, you know, timing and letting people absorb it on their timetable uh, to really kind of learn and understand why this is important. So part of your mission is to directly impact local farmers. How do you qualify or what boxes have to be checked to make that impact to that particular farm? They got to be supporting the community around them. Okay. Uh, I mean, we're not, um, you know, we're not working with commodity farmers, um, you know, long term. Uh, we want to work with commodity farmers to readjust what they're doing to support our local economy through you know, breweries, distilleries, uh, you know, mills, um, you know, but for the local farmers here, you know, are they selling at farmers markets? Are they you know, selling to the public around them? You know, a diversified uh, produce and, and sustainable farming is really we keep it vague because uh, it's not our job to really tell them how to farm. I don't care if you're organic or you're conventional or. Um, we want to move everybody into kind of some regenerative farming, uh, you know, but it's it's the best what how they feel they need to run their operation. And it's not just vegetables or fruits, correct? It's no livestock, it's uh, pork, pork, pork yeah. lamb, turkeys, chickens, ducks, um, goat. Um, I mean, there's uh, I mean, the, Carol, the Carolinas has 
I mean, I really think the Carolina is going to be the future California production, um, you know, long term. That's awesome. So, Tia, tell us, um, you guys mentioned funds, you mentioned partners. What exactly are you looking for out of a, a specific partner and how can our community, but really how can corporations, companies get involved and what would you tell them? Yeah, good question. So, because our audience is so diverse, I mean, it can be anyone from any walk of life, we ultimately can touch everybody. So an organization or a corporation that's interested in having that access, we have several different uh, events a year. The two major ones are, like you've mentioned a couple of times, the Carolina Jubilee and the Night at Museum. Night at Museum is the one that's coming up. So that's March 26th. Thank you. March 26th. Uh, it's going to be at the Mint Museum uptown. This is a cool event because it rotates every year. So uh, two years ago, it was at the Charlotte um, History Museum. And then last year was uh, Levine New South Museum. And this year, it is capacity 500 people. We're selling 500 tickets. The cool thing about this also is we have tiered ticket pricing. We do not want this to be an exclusive event. So it's tiered ticket pricing anywhere from 30 bucks um, all the way to 100 Pay what you can. If you can't pay 30 reach out to us and we'll make it happen. So the corporations help make that possible. So to be a part of that, to help the community join this is, is going to be really great. Also, we're going to bring in a speaker. His name's um, Malik. Malik is from Detroit, and Detroit is a city that we researched when it came to seeing how we needed to change things up. How, how do we need to do things differently from what's already out there to make it successful to Charlotte? And uh, D-Town Farms is what Malik runs, and it's an amazing organization. He is a food advocate, um, you know, food rights activist. So he'll be coming, and honestly, he is a little polarizing, and I think that um, Charlotte can definitely handle it, and I think it's needed. And so this is going to be a great opportunity to hear some, some pretty raw stuff, but some very real information about where we can take the city of Charlotte. So for a corporation to be involved with that, um, I think will be a really unique opportunity this is not a, a, your standard gala um, by any sense of the word, so um, this will definitely be different in that, in that regard. In addition to that, I mean, we're looking for someone to be a leader in this movement. Um, Blue Cross Blue Shield did come on with us um, with a very good... Congratulations. Awesome. Yeah, thank thank you, you. With a, a very great investment, and we do see these as investments. These are not donations. These are investments. They will see a return in one way, shape, or form to them. So um, this is going to the urban farm at Aldersgate, which will be um, the first urban farm of many. We probably have around five, and depending, I don't know, is that overshooting it? <laughs> uh, I mean, we you, you, a little bit. Yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> we will have five. Director Development says five. Yeah. Um, so to join an organization like Blue Cross Blue Shield um, and others, we got uh, Foundation for the Carolinas involved as well with a uh, investment. So we're looking forward to, to seeing who those leaders are in the community. What has been the biggest challenge for local farmers um, and, and why are we in this position that we currently are in? Uh, the biggest challenge is, is consistent revenue. Um, I mean, that it just it boils down to that, you know, very simply. Uh, and we've gotten to the where we're at now by consolidation on the conglomerate level uh, and just the fast pace of life that we need what we want when we want the it. Amazon effect, you know, uh, and that's part of what, you know, I mean, I, I, it's a little premature to kind of discuss some other things that we're kind of working on to solve that, but we are currently working on, um, you know, some, some really cool things to make that easier. 
uh, in being in the, you know, the nonprofit space as well, you know, there's this vision, okay, here's an idea, and then I'm just going to shove it down whoever's throat in, in, in the process that I think is best. And you can't really look at it that way. Uh, you know, you got to look at the market where they're at. There's a certain demographic that's going to go to farmer's markets. Awesome. There are certain demographics that don't care. Um, they just want something that's easy. Um, so how do we fill those gaps? Um, you know, and so looking at the different market segments and just trying to understand, you know, what is it going to take them to buy local and then figuring out how to do that. And, and that's what we're trying to do. How do, this is just a, a, an ignorant question because I don't know. Um, how do grocery stores decide where they buy their produce and how can somebody that's in the community, I'm not saying, you know, call up Paris Teeter and say, you better be buying from the Carolinas, but like, what are something that the community can do to really push that local vibe? Like, I would love if I could go into a Harris Teeter or wherever and purchase and know, like, this whole section's North Carolina or whatever, you know, like, and, and feel good about mm-hmm. what I'm buying by not only because it's going to be great food, but that you're supporting local. So what could we do just from the, the common folk? Well, to Harris Teeter's credit, uh, they do do some local stuff. Good for them, Harris Teeter. Uh, I, I do um, shop there a lot. You know, but a lot of it is just the infrastructure is not there. Um, you got to be GAP certified. Um, you, uh, you know, you have to get it there. Uh, you know, and it's also Harris Teeter deals in bulk, and there's not a lot of farms that can handle that. Um, you know, and it's all about money. Uh, I mean, you know, there's one particular farmer that I know that deals with Harris Teeter, and it's just a constant battle of, well, I can get this from Mexico cheaper than what you're wanting to sell it to me for, and you're five minutes down the road. Uh, so, th- so that should tell you a lot. And, you know, and, and people, oh, it's just economies of scale. Well, not really. You know, I mean, it's not about, don't look at it, why is that it's so expensive, you know, coming from a local farm. You want to know why the hell is it so cheap exactly. you know, coming from exactly. Mexico, and why on earth are we sending live chickens across the ocean to China to process them and then send it all the way back. Uh, you know, those are things that are crazy. I mean, we just got rid of Cool, which is country of uh, origin labeling. Uh, you know, so it's getting harder and harder to understand what you're buying at the grocery store, and that's being done by design. Uh, I mean, USDA just relaxed laws for now. China is starting to grow chickens, which would be very alarming just because of all of their food issues and accountability and um, regulations, which is minimal. Um, you know, so... It's not really cheaper sending all that stuff to China. There's just no regulation. Interesting. You know, so, you know, you're basically paying slave Mm -hmm. wages, you know, um, with the system over there. Um, And that's just a trend. I mean, there we have dairy. I mean, the conglomerates here, I mean, we'll have, I mean, dairies over in China. They're going to, they're wanting to move our entire production, you know, to China, uh, which is very scary and very alarming, Um, you know, but. You know, from the grocery store, you know, chains here, you know, it's just about uh, the infrastructure and, you know, the food waste and what we want, a cucumber. I mean, uh, you know, even chicken with, I mean, we, if you go and get a free range chicken or a free range uh, turkey, I mean, like a real one from a local farm here, it's going to taste different than the one that you get from Purdue at the grocery store. And we've been kind of trained to, um, you know, to, to like that chicken. And it's all chemically designed. I mean, it's the feed that they get. I mean, all this has been, I mean, there's a factory or there's a chemical plant in New Jersey that all they do is create chemicals that, are, that mess with our neurons in our brain to crave 
you know, certain things that, you know, that McDonald's and Wendy's and, you know, all them. That That's use. terrifying. <laughs> you yeah, know, it's not really, scary like, or anything. So Good, but yeah. part of it is because once you start knowing this, you can't unknow it. Right. Uh, you know, but the biggest thing is, is, you know, kind of going back to the root is we have to focus on building this in infrastructure. Uh, and that's a really hard sell to the funding community because they want these real quick wins, um, you know, and we're trying to really uplift the whole industry that really needs to exist for everyone, you know, to really, for, in my opinion, to kind of survive long term. Is it true there, there are like a handful of food companies that own the market, mm -hmm. right? And they all spend millions if not billions of dollars lobbying tyson's oh yeah Purdue. yeah and they they own it and, yeah and I mean, that's, a, a that, very that's quick example of so that so uh, carolina farm stewardship association back when mccrory was still governor uh the state house was trying to uh, make it illegal or a criminal offense for a factory worker at a at a factory farm to take a picture inside um carolina farm stewardship carolina farm stewardship association was able to lobby enough for mccrory to veto that bill uh, they were very, very, you know, champagne was flowing. Uh, and then two days later, the state house vetoed it or over, overrode the veto. Hmm. Um, you know, so they do own legislation. Uh, I mean, I don't believe really anything at the grocery store are organic anymore. They've dumbed down those, uh, uh, certifications so much. Uh, they get in trouble all the time, you know, with, I mean, Whole Foods has gotten in trouble. Earth Fair has gotten in trouble, I believe. Um, you know, so there's really no accountability. I mean, we're constantly every week, there's plastic in this, there's metal in that, you know, there's E. coli in, you know, in this romaine lettuce. And, um, you know, so it, it is getting worse and worse. It's not getting better, uh, mainly because we keep relaxing all of these laws. I mean, all these laws were put there for a reason. <laughs> right. Um, you know, I mean, we're, uh, I mean, USDA is really relaxing a lot of, uh, you know, poultry and beef regulations, you know, where the, those uh, corporations can uh, police themselves and when has that ever worked well um, you know so I don't know what more to say or the proof that's out there that you know we should be really concerned you know look at just look at the look at just where we start from the 40s to now I mean if you I mean it's allergies and the cancers mm -hmm. and you know it's it's some, it's coming from someplace um, you know and you know, we have a really good friend named Chef Kabui from Kenya, and, and one of his things is the food is the most intimate thing that we do on a daily basis. Sure. Uh, and we need to really think about that more. And I think this is really hard for people to hear sometimes, this because it kind of rocks your idea. No one wants to No one wants it. to know that. Yeah, it really rocks your idea of, you know, the ease of going to the grocery store and getting your food and the security in that, right? And, and especially when it comes to fundraising, someone who's not necessarily, so kind of going back to the education part of it, like, what is that sweet spot of educating somebody, but not scaring them enough to where they almost go in denial over it? Mm -hmm. And then, you know, seeing it as, as an issue of, well, you know, it's not happening. And, you know, I go to Whole Foods or I go to Earth Fair or I go, you know, well, mm -hmm. there are some situations. What is your advice besides, you know, obviously getting involved with, with your organization, but what is your advice for somebody and how do you pick your food? I mean, this it's kind of one of those things you're like, what the hell have I been eating? What do you do? Yeah. Exactly. I mean, Great majority question. of the, I mean, we, uh, we live in Cornelius, so, uh, we go to Davidson Farmer's Market. Um, is that know, annually or is it they just run, like the summer season? No, uh, Davidson and Matthews, I think, are, and I think, they're all year round. Okay. Uh, they take a little bit bigger breaks. 
Uh, but when there are breaks, then we go to, I mean, Barbie Farms has a farm stand over in Concord that we go to. Uh, but we get all of our produce, uh, all of our meat, um, everything we can get there, you know. And then the, really the only stuff that we kind of go to the grocery store for is stuff that we just can't get, you know, from the farmer's market. Um, you know, but the biggest thing you can do is just find farms that you that are near you or your support or go to the farmer's market. Um, you know, I mean, that's that at this point in time, you know, that's what you have to do. Um you know, there's, but we're working on some initiatives to make that process a lot easier because it is, it's hard for us because, uh, you know, we're busy Saturday morning, <laughs> you know, we're f- screwed for the week, really. Um, you know, then I have to make an extra trip to Concord, uh, you know, because Barbie Farms can really, you know, I mean, they have, uh, Big Oak Farm has their stuff and they're a pork and, and uh, beef farm. Um, so Barbie Farms, Farm Stand has, uh, you know, a pretty good variety. Uh, but it, again, going back to the original point, it's hard. I mean, you have to make a really big effort to do it, uh, you know, and typically the people that do that have had a life event. You know, they have allergies that they have to really watch or, you know, they got cancer and are kind of revisiting how, you know, my grandmother, I mean, she's 90. And I mean, we were just talking a couple, a couple of weeks ago and she's like, my friends are talking at lunch about how we're changing our complete diet because we can't <laughs> afford prescriptions anymore. Uh, um, you know, so it's, it's, you know, so it's coming, you know, <laughs> right. Um, you know, if, if, if my grandmother and her circle of friends are, are really starting to pay attention, um, at 90, at 90. Yeah. <laughs> Never too late. I've always thought at 80, man, I'm just going to do whatever yeah, I want. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, you That's know, awesome. so, Forget uh, health. <laughs> <laughs> but ask questions. I mean, the thing, I mean, I don't trust labels. Um, you know, you can tell pretty quickly if you're not getting the straight answer. Uh, you know, just, you know, with the feedback you're getting from somebody, um, you know, go visit the farms, you know, I mean, uh, I mean, that's what we've done. I mean, you know, and it's again, it's it's trying to understand, again, the value of food. Um, and we have uh, there's never been a time in our in human history where food is as cheap as it is now. Uh, and there's a big reason why it is so cheap. For sure. Well, I love everything that you guys are doing. I hope, you know, people that are listening to this, obviously like, share, comment, but go to carolinafarmtrust.org, check out what they're doing, you know, take the advice uh, from Tia and Zach. I think it's amazing information uh, and it's something that we can't go into denial about because this is something that will not only affect us today, but ultimately affect us more and more as we continue to go down uh, that path. So I, I really do appreciate both of you all coming on and Tell us a little bit more about that before we do let you go. Obviously, I've mentioned your website, uh, but what are some other ways if you are a corporation, if you're a company, or if you're just an individual, or if you're a farmer, you know, that's interested in learning more, what's the best way to get in contact with you guys? Well, one thing I want to plug real quick, because uh, it's going to be a, a really big deal for the city. Uh, there is the Uptown Farmers Market that is going to begin in April of 2020. Excellent. Uh, and uh, farmers markets are really hard on the farmers themselves just because they need to make money at these uh, markets and, and investing and helping these build takes time and energy that you know we just don't have. Um, you know, so if you're in the uptown area or around it, uh, keep on the lookout for that. And that's going to be a really big market that could be a, 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 not only a catalyst for the citizens of t- uptown, uh, but the farming community around it. Where is that going to be? Are it's going to be a third in Davidson. Excellent. Um, so I think the UptownFarmersMarket.com is is up. Uh, I think that is their uh, web address. Uh, but we're very excited. Uh, Barbie Farms is committed uh, to them, which is going to be a big anchor farm, um, and really excited about what they're going to be able to do uh, to Uptown and have that local connector. That's incredible. Uptown, you're going to have your own farm, basically, right <laughs> there with amazing produce. So I'm kind of jealous I don't live in Uptown. Um, <laughs> 
Maybe not. I'm just kidding. I love where I live. I love the farmer's yeah. market. Yeah. That's something about it. Man. It is. Yeah, it's a community. Everything. I mean, you, you know, community yeah. is based around food. Community that's kind of one of the things that we forget it's... about. But community is based around food. And that's why it's fun to go to a right. farmer's market. You talk to the people who's actually raising your pig. Fresh. And you, yeah. you know, you, they know you by name. And, and uh, it really gives you a sense of community. You could kind of haggle with them a little bit, too. Like, hey, man. You know, and, and they, they hook you up. Not, I wouldn't not, do that. Not that, that's, <laughs> not that that's a good thing. But, but like, they... You know, you buy they bulk, they give you a bulk price. Right. Well, I mean, it's yeah. dynamic. Yeah. It's dynamic it is. You know, conversation. It's cool. And I enjoy that. Yeah. That's fantastic. Um, well, Tia and uh, and Zach, thank you guys so much for for joining us on the Brand Builders Podcast. Love learning about Carolina Farm Trust. Can't wait to get more involved in that. Can't wait to to take the advice that you've given us and uh, and really put it to use. And, um, you know, it's also a great learning experience. Uh, experience as well if you have small kids like take them to the farmer's markets like teach them exactly. about where their food comes from so they don't have an answer that says oh the grocery store when you say where does you know chicken come from well that's not the case <laughs> um so thank you guys so much uh like i did say please sh- uh, like share comment um go check them out man really cool organization if you're in uptown be on the lookout if you're not in uptown and you're in other areas be on the lookout for all those uh, farmers markets and uh, and and really kind of push that but uh really appreciate it right, uh, best you. of luck to you guys and uh, until next time thank you great thank you thank so you. much you. great here. you've been listening to the brand builders podcast brought to you by the dunston group with your host scott dunston and brian young for branded merchandise and apparel that makes first impressions and ones that last check out the dunston group at dunstongroup.com <laughs>